0: This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat an advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Broto Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo, and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrodoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football it's the most wonderful time of the year where the footballs are throwing and touchdowns are scoring and fantasy points are here that's all i got welcome bars. it is week one the preview i am your host tim Petrop. i am here with the director of content for Broto and the lead writer mr matt ward what's up What's up? What's up?
1: I'm so happy to be here. This is the best time of the year, man. This is literally what I wait all year for. I'm so excited to be here right now.
0: Let's do it, man! I can't. I can't wait to get into actual matchups against actual teams. Uh, as you guys know, you're used to hearing Michael on this podcast as well. Michael will be here, as you guys know. If you've been a a, a fan for a long time, Michael always misses Week One because he's doing the big main event, uh, the high stakes league that that is. All the pros play and all the amateurs play is the FFPC and Michael is a one of the one of the uh, up high guys in in that uh, in that thing. I don't really know exactly what Michael does. I don't I don't I don't think anyone knows exactly what Michael does. Uh, but he works in the fantasy uh, with them and he analyzes fantasy with us. Michael is living fantasy football right now and he's there in the FFPC. Jason's also actually with him out there. Michael's putting Jason to work uh, with with the FFPC out there. So. Shouts to Michael. But we are ready for week one. As you know, we always come at you. We're watching the Thursday night game as we're recording with you. And right now, Gabe Davis has scored a touchdown on a blown coverage, which is going to blow Twitter up uh, like crazy. First touchdown of the season. And also, something interesting, Zach Moss on the field catching balls and not James Cook. Zach Moss on the field a lot. Already, we are blowing up. All of our expectations, (laughs) and it's only been five minutes. Uh, (laughs) That's why you got to love the NFL. With that being said, um, we are so excited to come to you today. And the reason why we can come to you today is because of our patrons on patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. Thank you so much. And if you want to support the show, join Patreon, the Fantasy Football by Broto app, download it. I'm usually used to pitching you at this point, but I'm not going to do that because I got to tell you about what you're about to hear. Now... You guys know that we usually cover every single game. But since, that, since the inception, we were like, we need to, everyone to know what we think about every player. Because we need them to know. Because everyone's going to have a, a decision to make that's different. Some guys might have to pick between. Uh, so we want to share our opinion on every single player. So the only way to do that in the past was, all right, we have to talk about every single Fantasy viable player on the podcast. But that's no longer like, you know, we're, it's, it's, it's like an old Thing because now we have the app. And if you don't already have the app, the Fantasy Football by Brodo app not only gives you our rankings, our start sit tool, which shows you exactly not only who to start, but also look, we're not acting like we're perfect here. We tell you this person has a 67% chance of being better than this person. So if you're, if you got a gut feeling about someone and you're like, oh, there's only a 45% chance that he's worse, then maybe go with that guy, right? We give you our. We give you the full spectrum. Just like when we give you comps, we give you five guys instead of one. Right? This is what the fantasy football by bro app does. We have our we have our rankings. You can we have the true rankings. We have all the stats we use. Every single stat you hear, we're gonna use so you can have your own opinion. And on top of that, every single start sit question that you could possibly have, we are answering on the app. And if you want more insight. You can join us at Patreon and be part of the Discord, and the Discord is going to be a major part of this show, as you as you're going to be able to to tell. So if you want to join in on the fun, if you want to get in on the action, like almost like a 20, 21st century version of uh, the call in shows uh, on on like the the airwaves, right? Then join the Patreon because we're going to be talking specifically about that. So what is the What's the new format? What is it? What are we going to sound like? Because we're still going to be talk, telling you guys about our favorite plays, everything you need to know. And the way we're going to do is is we're going to have 10 categories every single week. And each one of us, me, Matt, and Michael, are going to give you our favorite guys in those categories. And these categories are basically all-encompassing. So really, even though we're not talking about every single player, we're talking about most of the players that matter. And the ones that we don't talk about, again, you can ask us directly about on Discord. And you can... Uh, access them on the app on the Start Sit tool. Uh, these new categories. We're gonna start with news and notes because that's the most important thing. We're gonna have a lot of injury updates. We're already dealing with these injuries. Tier breaker up. We're gonna be talking about the people who are going to break their tier she- ceiling and go into a different tier. So, for example, if he's usually a wide receiver two, or he was drafted as a wide receiver two, he's gonna be a wide receiver one this week. Then we're doing our tier breakers down we're going to tell you who's going to not meet the expectation that they were either drafted to or that they've become accustomed to then after that the matchups of the week where we're going to highlight matchups that you're going to want to start players in or you're going to want to avoid. Then, our grand slam smash of the week. These guys are the guys that we think are going to win you a week. That's how much fantasy points they are going to score. Then, on the complete opposite of that, we're going to have the bench warmer of the week. These are guys that usually are in a starting lineup, but that we are sitting and not playing in our own starting lineups and beyond. Uh, The diamond in the rough, which is sleepers, basically, uh, guys that are deeper that if you need a play, these are the guys that could surprise our streamers of the week. As you guys know, quarterbacks, tight ends. These are positions where you do something called stream. If you're new to the vocabulary, it's when you switch players uh, every week or every other week, or basically it's, it's a revolving door and the quarterback and the tight end is usually where that revolving door is. We're going to be giving you our favorite streamers of the week. And then we're getting into our patron Perks, the Patreon start sick questions, which, even if you're not a patron, uh, we're going to have good information in those start sick questions. And the recap of the Unlimited League 32 Brodo patrons are pitting off against each other to see who is the champion. Six starters, no positions, all flex, two super flex, uh, so eight uh, starters overall, only four bench players. So the waiver wire is going to be absolutely insane. 16 players per division. Two divisions, 32 teams. We're going to be going over that. Basically, sports center for this league, which is going to be cool. Um, So I'm looking forward to all of this. Fire. Yeah. Are you are you ready, Matt? Very fire. Yeah, very fire. <laughs> <laughs> Matt has been ready. Uh, But I got to tell you guys, as we get into the news. Oh, just before we get started, real, one more thing. Got these cool drops. They're coming. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties on the drops. I apologize. All right. I apologize. But the drops are coming. I promise you that, but as you guys already know, if you're a fan of the Monday show, the news drop is the news drop, and there's only one Donnie H., so let's get this started. Bring us in, Donnie. With news, Donnie H. Those stories and more in just two minutes.
1: Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes,
0: this is Headline News. Oh, nothing gets your juices flowing like a little Donnie H. All right. All right. So um, speaking of juices flowing, uh, Matt came into the podcast very excited today, but also extremely disappointed because one of his favorite uh, sleepers and one of our favorite sleepers, he actually convinced me. I, I have to give Matt all the credit. I can't even say ours. It was his, but I'm on board. I'm just, I'm just a passenger on this bus, but unfortunately, uh, the bus might have uh, popped a wheel today. Uh, Rondell Moore was forced from Thursday's practice with a hamstring injury and is undergoing an MRI. Now, Matt, you know more about the details of exactly what happened on the field. Why don't you share that with the people?
1: Yeah, uh, reportedly, per the beat in, in Cardinals, he walked off with a hamstring injury and then they carted him, I guess, like out of the practice facility so that he didn't have to put any pressure on his extremities. Um, and then they immediately booked an MRI rather than doing any um, additional testing. So those things adding up don't sound very good. And I mean, Rondale was even going to be somebody that I highlighted in this podcast for such a delicious matchup against a poor Kansas City secondary and the highest over under of the week and you know he was slotted for a a major role increase sans christian kirk with deandre out for six weeks and maybe some extra backfield work with no chase edmonds and a lot of those um dreams and hopes of mine in, in an increased rondale role are looking a little shaky now with this injury designation so certainly something to monitor coming into the weekend and even if he does start it will likely be limited knowing that the injury is so close to game day
0: Uh, it's uh, really sad whenever there's an injury. Like, already we're dealing with this injury stuff. Uh, On the good news side, though, Michael Thomas, um, he was limited in practice Thursday, but it does look like he is trending towards playing this Sunday. What do you think Michael Thomas' usage is going to look like this Sunday? Because a lot of people are having to decide on Michael Thomas as their wide receiver three, considering where he went on the draft. Um, And you're looking at other guys who could have sleeper-type uh games I'm going to we're going to mention a couple of those uh, a little later on and a lot of guys are thinking hey maybe I should sit Michael Thomas in this one are you on the train of let's sit Michael Thomas for the first one let's see what his usage is like and then let's go from there or are you comfortable playing him right away well
1: my Michael Thomas is definitely somebody that we're going to get into a little later on oh, as well okay. yeah. I oh, I feel right. um I feel some sort of way.
0: (laughs) All right, so let me not. Let's not give it away. Let's not give it away. Let's get to the next one, and then we'll get to we'll get to Michael Thomas, Deontay Johnson, uh, limited in practice. Uh, Look, he he played. He is in practice. What he said, not the great. You don't really want to hear what he said. He's like, you know, look, I'm doing everything I can. Uh, I'm trying to get on the field. Uh, I don't know. The thing that's the problem with the shoulder is that this is an injury where if you're a wide receiver, you need full dexterity in your arms. And you can go up and fall the wrong way and you're kind of it's kind of messed up. So there's a chance here that Deontay Johnson, if you play him, and it would not be the first time. Deontay Johnson two years ago spent uh, left the game after already playing and gave you almost zero twice. He did that twice. And the reason I remember that so vividly is because it happened to me. He was very good that season, that season where he broke out, but he did that twice. He ruined you because of that. Um, with that being said, uh, according to Roto World, George Pickens and Chase Claypool said Johnson looked good in practice today, so could be playing. Uh, how how are you feeling about Deontay Johnson? Are you are are you taking the chance and starting him this week, or are you a little scared here of because of this injury?
1: It's going to be difficult not to start him, considering kind of where he was going in drafts in that third round zone. So he's your wide receiver two most likely some people's wide receiver ones if they went rb heavy so it's really difficult not to start him in a position against a what should be a decent scoring matchup um so yes um if they clear him and and there's still a few days that he clears before sunday um but if it is a game time decision and they clear him he's somebody that you're you don't have a better option (laughs) yeah uh, arguably um but that also means that claypool and pickens could have some interesting upside and if DJ is limited, so Fact. certainly something to monitor, but, sure. but he's somebody that you're going to have to start if he starts.
0: 100%, 1,000% uh, as Aaron Donald just gets his first sack of the season uh, as we watch here. Buffalo at a 7 nothing lead in the, in the first quarter with four minutes left as we watch. Um, Christian McCaffrey on the injured list, which everyone was like, oh, my God, but he practiced in full. It was a it wasn't a big deal. He got hit in the shin with a with a cleat. Um so don't panic yet, Christian McCaffrey owners. Uh but here's one that you might have to pra- might have to panic a little bit about. George Kittle. Uh PFN's Aaron Wilson reports that George Kittle because of his groin is unlikely to play in week 1 and the beat goes on. Another injury for George Kittle. It does it doesn't look like He's going to play this week. It is trending in the wrong direction. Ugh, sucks.
1: Yeah, I love me some George Kittle, man. And I mean, this means big things for uh, Brandon Ayuk, I guess, is is increased role. But I I think this season meant big things for Brandon Ayuk, regardless of who was sharing the field with him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's gotta be a beneficiary of that, and it's gonna be interesting to see who catches the passes out of the backfield for um for the 49ers this, in this game, and now they don't really pass out of the backfield a lot, but that could change with Trey Lance and a new offense kind of coming to toe, but that's and also like... No Kittle check down option, right? Like Right, and, and I was going to say, because of now, George Kittle is also... And this is also bad news because, you know, a lot of people don't realize how good George uh, Kittle is uh, at blocking. and he's the best. If you And if you look at... If you watch the NFL Top 100... Like George Kittle is by far considered by his peers the best tight end in football. Now, is he the best tight end in football uh in terms of fantasy stats? No, right? Travis Kelsey's a better receiver, Mark Andrews is a better receiver, arguably, but he's the best tight end at blocking, maybe ever. So this is a huge block a huge blow for not only uh not only George Kittle's fantasy value, but also everyone else's fantasy value because they are so run-centric. So Trey Lance, his ceiling goes down a little bit. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, his ceiling goes down a little bit. Uh, So just not good vibes. Some good vibes here, though. Chase Edmonds, uh, full participant in practice. He had a groin issue. Uh, Comfortable starting him uh, this week, Matt?
1: Yeah, I mean, Edmonds posted himself on Twitter like, kind of like a laughing like type of emoji like he doesn't really uh consider his injury important enough to even be on the designation list so I I think you're fine starting Chase Edmonds but it might be a little concerning against a New England defense um they are traditionally very good at containing running backs at both the pass and the run so that's a tougher matchup for sure but I just like Chase Edmonds upside all season in a Mike McDaniel led running game and that's uh wide zone like they're they're going to be a different looking team and i think chase edmonds has legit you know high rb2 upside every single week so
0: yeah start him up uh i mean nothing new to say here kenneth walker ken walker excuse me not gonna play uh because of his hernia uh so don't expect ken walker to play this is a new one alan lazard so the news is that alan lazard got cleated Right, And that's where his injury is coming from. He did not practice on Thursday, which is not good. If he does not practice tomorrow, then he's as good as out, which makes oh, Sammy Watkins actually someone that might be able to be rostered. Because not only is Sammy Watkins the veteran at that point, but Sammy Watkins also has a history of going off in week one. like He just goes off in week one and then never does anything else ever again. So if it's going to be Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dobbs, and Christian Watson out there as the wide receivers, no one in that group has more than has any experience with Aaron Rodgers. Wow, Isaiah McKenzie just got the ball literally ripped from him. That's how you. That's how you play yourself yeah, off the field. Be, Isaiah. should be Jamison Crowder, man. That's how you play yourself off the field. Um, so let's get to Alan Lazard though. How how bad do you think this is? This is it something that's new. Um, where would you transition here, if anywhere?
1: I, I guess, I, I mean, Sammy Watkins isn't somebody that I'm at all willing to start on any week. I don't care who's on the field, but I, I mean, people are going to throw darts at him in DFS for sure, and I'm sure you could get some flex upside from him. I, I think the biggest benefactor of that offense, again, is, is just going to be Aaron Jones. And any time that somebody goes out or there's an injury or a change in the depth chart happens on the Packers it's Aaron Jones that benefits because he's the most familiar he's the most capable receiver and if he is healthy he's going to be Aaron Rodgers number one target Um, so another receiving option out of the mix I just think that increases Aaron Jones's pass catching ceiling
0: Speaking of, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to be talking about Aaron Jones a little later as well. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, uh, doesn't look like he's going to play, but the status will be decided for sure on Friday. Did get a limited practice in on Thursday. Here it's reporting, Ian Rappaport on Twitter, that that Kenyon Drake is expected to be the de facto starter if Dobbins misses time. Uh, I know some people in the fantasy industry that I respect a lot that are assuming that Mike Davis is the person that's going to be here. Uh, Either way, whoever's going to be the the running back in in this offense is someone that, against the Jets, you're going to want to give a look at. Um, Yep. I mean, which way, if you had to, I guess, this is one where come join Patreon because you're going to want to get our opinion on this. Um, Also, let's not forget that we are going to be having crunch time with Cass and... Matt, I was gonna let you like uh, <laughs> say like that you're gonna be on there too, oh. yeah. And Matt, sorry, I, I was drum for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Matt, uh, yeah, that was that was a terrib- terrible terrible lead in by me. That that was terrible hosting. My bad. Uh, no, that was definitely <laughs> terrible hosting on my end. But Matt's gonna be on there as well, and those are those are the questions that are gonna be answered uh, on Sunday morning. So take a look at that one uh, as well. So, also, Van Jefferson expected to miss a couple games. One of them. So depending on who you're listening to, it's kind of crazy because. Some sources are saying that Chris Godwin is a game-time decision for the Cowboys. Other sources are saying that Chris Godwin is going to miss four to six weeks. So it's like, where do you go with Chris Godwin? But the report is that he is a game-time decision uh, right now, according to Greg Allman uh, on Twitter. Uh, I mean, not not much to talk about there for right now. Again, monitor that. Damian Pierce officially named the team starting running back. So if you were one of those, uh, look, I don't think any of the Brodo listeners went Dude, it and was spent.
1: Official, it was official as soon as they drafted him in the fourth round and Marlon Mack was the only active running back on the roster. Like it, it's, or Rex Burkhead rather, because they I think Mack was actually after that. So like, yeah, man, it's been official the, the whole time. It's it, This is so silly. His ADP rise is so silly. Uh,
0: Jalen Waddell, full Practice on Thursday. Uh, Sean McVay and Les need get contract extensions uh, through 2026, which around 2026 is probably around the time that um, it's just going to be like like all retired players that are allowed to play for the Rams because they're going to have one player making nine. That's when their million. cap like Dollars. officially rolls over. To. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 2026,
1: the bad year for the Rams. Yeah, so
0: that's probably going to be the transition time where Sean McVay is going to either transition into a booth or transition to another team. Um, Zach Ertz not seen at Cardinal practice. That is something to keep an eye on. Something in that uh, man, Rondell Moore would have been fucking phenomenal. Um, Michael Gallup again looking good according to his coach. Um, I, I think we'll stop it there. I think we'll. we'll uh, there's there's a bunch of uh, injury news, but nothing of uh, crazy importance. Besides that, uh, so check in again uh, with the live stream. Not a lot also- of cam
1: makers in this game.
0: Yeah looks like that was one of the storylines if you if you follow at Brodo Fantasy on Instagram I, I I recorded a little video um it's it look it's looking like a little 50-50 here maybe even maybe even more might this even way. a little more to Hendo yeah. to be honest I haven't been paying attention as as much as I should be because of the podcast but I I don't I don't I wouldn't. I don't doubt. I'm low key,
1: like just snap counting at this point. Like, (laughs) I'm not. I'm really just trying to count personnel. All
0: right, let's get into our first category again. Sorry for the uh, transition. uh, Lack of transitions. Those are. That's going to change. Yeah. I mean. Uh, But we'll go with tear breaker. Uh, (laughs) One of two guys. I mean, uh, one, two guys each we picked today that are going to be poised to jump a tier so for example a wide receiver two jumping into wide receiver one so matt my brother you first first preview pod for matt so let's get into it right away i'm gonna let you get the first one on this one let the get the ammo ready who's your first tier breaker up it's easy one for me, man.
1: On brand always. The career resurgence of one Juju Smith-Schuster begins on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. Michael's going to love to hear I that. Mean, man, that, that matchup is the highest over-under total of the weekend at 54.5 points, and I think both of those teams are going to come out absolutely slinging it. Um, Juju's going to draw the coverage assignment of either the inexperienced slot corner, if if he's playing primarily in the slot, of uh, Trayvon Mullen, who allowed 108.9 passer rating per... Um, <laughs> coverage assignment last season which is just absolutely hilarious yeah like basically like Michael White could go in there and drop bombs on that kid because that happened um and yeah I mean otherwise if it's true that he's been playing as outside as much as he is and and that's what he did in training camp and that that's what we showcased a little bit in the preseason was a more kind of dual threat role for lack of a better term where he played in the slot and as the big bodied outside guy. And that would be uh Byron Murphy who boasted a laughable man coverage success rate of 57% in 2021. So the Cardinals secondary is their big hole and they lost a uh, Chandler Jones in the pass rush. And you're giving Patrick Mahomes a little extra time in the pocket. Uh, he's going to find everybody. Um, yeah. And, and like it is a new defense and it's hard to pro- project, you know, um, exactly what they did last season into this season but there's not that many personnel changes i'm sure some of their prospects are going to get a little better and and have better coverage ratings but they allowed 39.9 combined points per game to opposing wide receivers last season which was 12.9 percent above average um check that out on the brodo app um yeah they they lost chandler jones and and a few other key cogs in the linebacking core um yeah like i Basically, Juju's locked and loaded against the easiest coverage assignment that he could draw in a week one matchup in the highest over under of the entire week in a game that's going to showcase two of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. So I'm all in on Juju all season, but especially in this week one matchup. And I think he's going to remind everybody why he was one of the most valued assets in all of fantasy football as a young star.
0: Uh, Well, that was a that was a phenomenal wrap up there. Like the the little like bow put put on the end of it, fantastic. <laughs> um all right. The whole argument. Great, but that little bow, that's exactly the exact sentence for this week when you're when you're talking about him. All right. Let's go to my first year breaker. I'm staying on brand two. I've been telling you to draft Kareem Hunt late in drafts because he's going way yeah. too late. And now's your chance to take advantage of that. Kareem Hunt, I think he's going to be an RB2 this week easily. Right now he's RB thirty one in the expert consensus rankings. I think that is insanely low, especially considering that it's the first game for Jacoby Brissett. I think that needs to be uh that needs to be stressed. Jacoby Brissett is playing quarterback and Jacoby Brissett is not going to light the world on fire and pass it all over the place. They're going to lean on this running game. They have two of the best running backs in the league. When Kareem Hunt offered, uh, uh, not offered a trade, uh, demanded a trade, the Browns literally laughed at him and said, no, because he's such a big part of their offense. People forget because he got hurt last year. And when he came back from the injury, he did not look like the same guy. Kareem Hunt is going to eat in this game. Um, Oh, is that a little James Cook action? Oh, James Cook just fumbled on his first carry.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: oh, my also, God. Is
1: 10 for 11 with 99 yards and a touchdown. Like, this dude is just insane. No Brian Dayball. Don't
0: matter. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, So, so good, man. Kareem Hunt. Josh, so good. <laughs> Kareem Hunt is my guy here. He is going against a tough Carolina defense, and I will not – make it seem like the Carolina defense is a good matchup because it isn't. But I think there's going to be a grinded out type of game. I I think that it's going to, they are going to lean on the run in this game without a single doubt in my mind. I think Nick Chubb is going to do well. And I think Kareem Hunt is going to have an RB2 finish or better. Don't forget four of six weeks rb2 or better including outscoring nick chubb in half those weeks and finishing as an rb2 overall in one of those weeks Kareem hunt is no scrub kareem hunt is no back is no backup he is part of this one of the very
1: few running backs that has rb1 upside while the rb1 is
0: on the field big 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 facts and they're probably (laughs) both going to be on the on the field at the same time oh man cam akers did not look good on his first run all right anyway uh Matt, who is your second tier breaker up?
1: This is kind of why we uh, waited to talk about Michael Thomas, because I think Michael Thomas has wide receiver one upside in every single week. And it, he's somebody that I struggled projecting. I'm going to be honest there. There are considerable reservations when starting Michael Thomas in week one of the 2022 season, because he hasn't played since halfway through 2019, but I don't have any of those reservations. If they clear him to play, he does have that little nagging hamstring injury, but there's kind of a funny joke in like saints uh fandom circles that like thomas always has a hamstring injury in the preseason like literally every year and he just hates training camp like i really think he's just like i'm too i'm way too he's iverson man like practice you're talking about practice and and that's kind of like i like you know i don't think that hamstring injury is uh something that people should really be that concerned with unless it legitimately keeps him out because he's already been limited in practice and he is practicing and until the single season reception leader gives me a reason to doubt his on-field performance i feel confident leaving him in my lineups the coaching staff is optimistic about his outlook he himself said like you remember 2019 i'm going to be better and all through training camp he's been in one-on-one battles against one of the best cornerbacks in the league in marshall and and has looked phenomenal per the beat And everybody keeps saying michael thomas is back and he's going to draw a tough uh Corner matchup, he's going to face A.J. Terrell undoubtedly as a shadow the entire game, but there's some funny about AJ Terrell's career matchups against uh, Michael Thomas. He's allowed nine receptions and 105 yards in the last two matchups that they played against each other in 2019. Both games, nine receptions, 105 yards. Oh, so So, each, not combined.
0: I was going to say that's pretty good. No, no, no. Not combined. In both
1: games, each. Both were a nine reception, 105 yard stat line. Yeah, so Michael Thomas just owns the AFC South, man, as far as cornerback matchups go. So that's also not a matchup I'm worried about. And I'm pretty high on the Saints offense in general, entering 2022 against the Falcons, who really it's just a ragtag makeshift crew of defensive rookies and like veterans on the way out because they're in full rebuild mode like AJ Terrell is the lone bright spot and they made sure to re-sign him to a nice contract but other than that man any of their good defenders from last season like Foy um were smart enough to get a, get the hell out while the getting was good and like you know the the leading the NFL's leading tackle leader is no longer there and they're replacing him with a rookie so that their main cover linebacker is going to be a rookie their main cover 2 corner is going to be a rookie their main safety so it's a just an easy eating matchup if the saints can move the ball and i think michael thomas would be the main benefactor of that ball movement
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you picking on on d back uh, deep d backs oh my god uh picking on dbs uh who are rookies in their first game is going to be a trend that you're going to see me talking about throughout this and matt is hitting it on the head as well um let's again, talk man let's, let's i'm, I'm gonna, just no,
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry. No, uh, just it, go ahead. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. He's, you, is that yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that's right, because
0: no, I'm, I'm. I'm just excited. I'm just excited. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Ward. You can like, you could see pump pumping in his face. You could see it. He's I like, know. he's like, he's like oozing excitement right now. Um, you're gonna ooze excitement for this one because speaking of uh, rookie matchups. A rookie matchup is one of the reasons why I'm picking Hollywood Brown as my last tier up player. I think that he is easily a wide receiver one this week might be a top six wide receiver might, might, might mess around and become a top six wide receiver. Last year, the chiefs were n- the number one matchup for wide receivers and they just lost the hun- honey, badger, right? So they're, they're going to be worse. If you look at the, the chiefs uh, defensive personnel, they're going to be in trouble on that side of the ball this year they're gonna have to have to have to get to the quarterback quickly because their secondary is full of young players including Trent McDuffie who it's his first game yes he's a first-round pick but even Darrell Reeves got torched in his first game in the NFL and traditionally cornerback is one of the positions where you are going to have to just be in the NFL for a long time to really understand it there's a big learning curve for cornerbacks, uh, that's why I, I, I'm going to again, I'm going to be picking on cornerbacks, rookie cornerbacks today in my predictions. Um, they allowed over 42 points per game to wide receivers. That was twenty seven point seven percent over average. That is the best. Um, and again, I'm, I'm going to point this out again. The Broto app, it, this is more than just their ranking versus wide receivers. Like that is elementary uh, stuff that they just put in parentheses on every app what we have here is their comparison against the actual players that played so for example if you play a wide receiver like stephon diggs if you give up 20 points to stephon diggs it looks really bad in your overall rankings but it's stephon diggs so you actually it's just a, it's just like a it's a game right for this it's going to be adjusted to that so if you give up 20 points to stephon diggs he averages 17 against other teams then it's only a little bit uh, of a of a difference instead of three points over average. Right, three points over average. The Chiefs sucked. They were the number one over average. They gave up over twenty five percent more points to, to players over their average. So uh, I'm, I expect it to continue. And as the as Zach Ertz uh, hits the deck, as uh, Rondell Moore hits the deck, it's more and more looking like not only is he a good matchup already but was a good matchup. It is, a, is now even better matchup because he's the only guy. And Trent McDuffie again, first round corner, uh bright future maybe, but with that but still a, a, a late 21st overall I think he was he was uh something selected uh somewhere in that in that range. So, you know, not a guy that a guy that I'm I'm trying to pick on. Speaking of guys you want to pick on, Let's get to our second category, this one a little negative, our tier breakers down. This is someone who we are uh, feeling that are going to not live up to their draft capital in the first week or, on the other hand, they are going to, um, you know, completely shit the bed. Any way they're going to go from, like, say, RB1, he's going to be an RB2 or worse. Uh, So with that being said, Matt, why don't you give us your first tier down?
1: I mean, it's pretty easy, man. It's it's Damian Pierce against the Indianapolis Colts defense. The hype surrounding Pierce has been blown out of proportion by an absolutely epic margin. Like the cutting of Marlon Mack and this little announcement that he is the starter has all of a sudden turned a perennially mediocre prospect into a league winning asset and like somebody that you must leave your drafts with. Like, I think that's absolutely asinine. Um, He's again, like I want to reiterate is if you couldn't you know, read the writing on the wall that Damian Pierce was going to get a significant amount of the workload when they drafted him and only had Marlon Mack and Rex Burkett on the roster, then I don't know what to tell you, man. Like he should have been moved, not at all in anybody's rankings. This is the exact same role he's had the entire time. And because of these, you know, nonsensical news stories that were, you know, not news, like these were things that were expected to happen in the first place after he was drafted, there has just blown his EP sky high and, The Colts are a really, really good defense against running backs. They have a phenomenal front seven. They're favored to win by seven points and a really low over-under of 45 and a half. So basically, like Vegas spread is predicting the Texans to score, you know, 24 points. And and I'm I'm not super into damian pierce's upside as a touchdown dependent matchup in a game that they're going to be playing from behind when rex burkhead is essentially guaranteed a pass catching role like i think people don't also realize that it wasn't just you know rushing quarterbacks in florida that kept damian pierce off the field it's he has a lower career collegiate target share than kenneth walker does who only caught 19 passes in three seasons like and you know they have Force Buckner up front, all poor pro linebacker Shaquille Leonard, formerly Darius Leonard, now goes by Shaquille. Like that dude, that duo led a core defense that allowed just 21.7 points per game combined to entire running back rosters, which was minus 10.3% below their average. And we're expecting a fourth round rookie running back with a very bad athletic profile and utterly abstract mediocre collegiate profile to come in and dominate that defense in his first ever NFL game in a team that is expected to score less than 24 points. I'm out. Yep. That's out. A no for me, dog. Yeah.
0: It's <laughs> for sure. Uh yeah, you make you make solid points and it's it's hard to argue and another guy who like look, sometimes these are hard pills to swallow cuz you you drafted these guys to be good that you drafted these guys to be on your lineup. We're not necessarily telling, necessarily telling you sit them. What we're definitely telling you is temper expectations. And this is one of the guys who I'm talking about there. Leonard Fournette is my first tier breaker down. I don't think he's going to be an RB1 this year. I mean, this week. Um, I was a little down on Leonard Fournette coming into the season. I don't have any Lenny Fournette. I just feel like he's never put two great seasons back-to-back together in his entire career. And now this has been six years. So I, I don't know if I can trust him uh, putting together back-to-back years. Uh. Especially because of what he's facing, uh, they lost three offensive linemen. Tom Brady, he retired. He came back. He was gonna uh, play with the Raiders, and then he was gonna buy the Dolphins and play for the Dolphins. And it was all. It's it's just a lot of shit. And, and then he just and then just missed two weeks. Some some people are like his like he got dead family members. Other people are like he went to go film The Masked Singer for Fox. Like <laughs> like it's just a lot of uncertainty surrounding this team right now, and I just don't it's think it's in the cards for Leonard Fournette, and, and it's, a, it's a very, very tough matchup. Last season, Dallas was 31st in true matchup rankings against the run. They were also great against both pass and rush, so they were one of the hardest defenses to run on. Uh, Micah Parkins is still there. He's just going to be a, a year better. Uh, they did lose Randy Gregory, but he was more of a pass rusher anyway, so I think that Leonard Fournette is going to have a tough time running on this Dallas defense. I think they're, they're, they're going to have to score because I think Dallas is going to start the year off pretty hot. I, I think that a lot of people are, are forgetting that the Dallas Cowboys were the number one scoring de- offense in the league last year. And they're getting a little disrespect. And I think that Dak knows that. I think that CD knows that. And I think that they're going to come out swinging. Uh, In this game, although they have their own offensive line issues that they have to they have to figure out. But with that being said, I think that Leonard Fournette uh, takes a step back. So temper expectations with a playoff Lenny. With that being said, uh, Matt, who is your second tier breaker down?
1: Well, I mean, this one's a little disappointing for, uh, I I think, A lot of people considering the the potentially you know juicy matchup but it's Miles sanders uh, against the lions i I don't think he's going to live up to expectations and i mean first off i I guess he has been limited throughout the entire preseason it's worth mentioning uh, i'm not just trying to pick an easy out because he's barely practiced so this is more of like people are going to lean on him if he does get the nod to start and i still think that's going to be a terrible life um we've seen him in a limited role and on a snap count before. That's two things that are detrimental to his fantasy production as he's like he, well, he's heavy reliant on increased volume. He's got great efficiency, but that efficiency doesn't mean anything because the Eagles just refuse to use him as a three down back. There's been lots of good hype about Kenneth Gainwell from beat reporters in his pass catching role. Um, they signed Trey Sanders off the waiver wire, which I mean, I, I do think that's a little bit of early down insurance because Miles Sanders has been hurt um, so frequently, and again, like Boston Scott's still there, who's looked, looked good last season, took some work away from Kenny Gainwell, and I think is more than capable back. So I think they're going to enter week one in a heavily split touch committee. Um, and furthermore, like the Lions defense is, I think, going to surprise a lot of offenses this even um, this season. Um, Aiden Hutchinson is no joke like yeah I, I do prefer Kayvon Thibodeau as a Ducks fan but like that kid anchoring anchoring the edge as a run disruptor is definitely going to improve that defense from day one onward I think they're going to be really competitive against the run they're still going to have issues against the pass but that's where things get shaky for Miles Sanders because he hasn't been used as a pass catching back since his rookie season and they have Kenny Gainwell and they have AJ Brown and Devontae Smith after a really sup- great rookie season in a sophomore breakout company. Coming up And, you know, so I expect the Eagles to kind of air it out against a questionable secondary because the Lions are going to be good against the run this year. Um, and they're going to use their supplementary running backs after they gain a little bit of lead because Miles Sanders has been on the injury report all preseason, all training camp. So if he is healthy enough to go in a snap count, once they get that lead, they're going to pull him out of the game and just be like, well, let's just let Boston Scott run the clock out.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh. I have I have some shares so I I hope that's not the case but you're making a me comp- too. You're, you're making a compelling <laughs>
1: argument. Um, it's true though. I I don't feel great about this matchup as juicy as it
0: might look from last season perspective. Uh speaking of shares, uh I'm in a dynasty league with Mr. Matt. Uh he he keeps trying to get he keeps trying to send me these trades that are you know fair on paper it's but it's hard it's hard to trust Matt. Because he's such a dynasty mind that I know that if he's trading with me, I'm not, I'm not winning, I'm not winning that trade. <laughs> it's a dynasty trade, so I know if he's if he's offering the trade, I got offer the trade, I got offer the trade to have a chance of. Well, I'm not accepting his trade. Like, guy. What do you think this is? What do you think? <laughs> but anyway, uh, one of the guys that I'm putting my my uh, my money where my mouth is per se is DK Metcalf. That is my tear breaker down. I am sitting DK Metcalf uh, in favor of Rashad Bateman uh, week one in that Dynasty League. The reason I'm doing that is very simple. I'm not going to sit here and talk about stats and this and that. And I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to talk about the small sample size where Geno Smith had, a pretty, had some pretty good success with DK Metcalf. Um, I'm definitely not going to talk about that because that is not a sustainable thing. Here's what I'm going to say. Okay, And this is the most important thing of this game in general. The Seahawks are starting two rookie tackles against Joey Bosa. I mean, against uh, Nick Bosa and company. And there's really nothing else to say except that. Like, they're starting two tackles. Pray for Geno Smith. Pray for Tyler Lockett. Pray for DK Metcalf. These guys may not, they, they might total 100 yards in the air. Against Nick Benito and company. They're playing the Broncos. Excuse me. Yeah, what am I talking about? The 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 Bosa brothers are are the definitely. Nick not... a mean mother. Listen, shut your mouth. They are playing a. a <laughs> that kid is nasty, bro. A defense that has been good for years. Um, Bradley Chubb, yeah, like Bradley I mean, no, Chubb. Denver's these guys can nasty. create. These guys can create it. A... Pat Sertain is gonna lock DK Metcalf. Down. Yeah, sorry about the the mistake. But also, you can't forget when they're talking yeah, the about these guys, right. they still got they still got. Um, they still got pressure even after they, they traded Von Miller. Ooh, nasty sack of Mr. Matt Stafford uh, that just happened. Oof, that was... a Ed Oliver, I think, is a guy who's going to really break out this year. I think you're going to see a, a lot of Ed Oliver on your TV screens being uh, a guy that can get more single coverage uh, with Von Miller on the field. Anyway, um, DK Metcalf is my tier down. So with that being said, let's get into our next category. But before we get into our next category, we'd like to thank the sponsor of this category and that is no house advantage. What is no house advantage? You might ask. No house advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick 'em contests versus other people for a shot at winning $150,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct pits and climb the ladder for your shot to win big money every week. You can test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on the top five player pop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. If you sign up now with the promo code BRODO at nohouseadvantage.com or if you download the app wherever you get apps, uh, just search No House Advantage, uh, you can get a first deposit matchup up to $25. Make sure you check out No House Advantage today and experience Daily Fantasy Redefined because it's not just how you play, it's also where you play you do not want to miss out, so thank you to our sponsors uh, for for doing that and and uh, and no house advantage. If you want an advantage to get twenty five dollars, use the Brodo app. Let's talk about some advantages on matchup of the week, and I'm gonna start this one, Matt, because I'm not I, I don't have stats that I want. I want to look. It's week one. One one thing that really like irks me sometimes is when people the strength of schedule is a thing. Okay, but when people put too much emphasis on strength of schedule, it really it irks me because you just don't know. So in week one, I'm going narrative, baby. I'm going narrative heavy and I want the revenge games because there are three, well, two and a half really big revenge (laughs) games that are coming up. Russell Wilson versus the Seahawks and Baker Makefield versus the Browns. And Joey Flacco versus the Ravens. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, well, I do like Elijah Moore because of Joe Flacco. just want to put that out there. Last time Elijah Moore played with Joe Flacco, he was the wide receiver one overall on the week. So you should know uh, that really got to love uh, that. Or, or wide receiver, I'm sorry, wide receiver two overall on the week. Um, with that being said, Russell Wilson versus the Seahawks. I think he's going to go crazy. I know Michael is in agreement with that. Michael even likes Albert O oh, his favorite tight end streamer of the week uh, because of that. Uh, Baker Mayfield for this brown. I'm just looking forward to these games. I think Elijah, uh, Elijah Moore has a, a time. I think that Baker Mayfield, I'm going to be talking about Baker Mayfield a little, letter, uh, a little later. But those are my three matchups of the week. Um, usually, I'll go more in-depth about like defensive points over matchups. And, and, and But no. No, not today. Today, I'm, I'm all about revenge. I'm all about narrative. I want the blood and the gore all over my face. And I want to scream. Let's ride. Hey, Bronco Country, let's ride let's ride let's ride man all right who are your matchups of the week
1: (laughs) man i actually think you're on the right train with the these somewhat narrative based things i i do have a little bit more of a Uh, technical standpoint on on my reasoning rather than just revenge games but it is it's week one man Uh, these strength of schedules these defensive matchups is we just don't know yet and a lot of these defenses changed Uh, defensive coordinators have changed and and cycled all around the league there's going to be new assignments uh, new matchups you know players getting better players getting worse so until we really see offenses shake it out against these defenses it's really it's just speculation and I would say it's speculation until a good week four or or six in um, before you really see defenses hone in and and figure themselves out and so to speak find their own identity. So for me, it's unders, man. I want points. It, we're playing fantasy football here and and I want points and and you know, Vegas is always about uh you know, the house always wins. So shout out no host advantage for giving us that that uh, edge because Vegas has three specific over-unders that I'm looking at above 50 and it's the Cardinals versus the Chiefs at 54 and a half, the Cowboys versus the Bucks at 53 and the Raiders and Charters at 51 and a half. And all of those teams and all of those games should be back and forth and not just high over unders because of blowout offenses and defenses that are, you know, well, I guess, you know, defenses that are unable in- to stop, um, stop the flow, but really it's, it's that it should be even on both sides of the ball. And you're going to see a lot of Tampa Bay scoring, a lot of Dallas scoring. So plug in all of those players, you know, feel comfortable with Chris Godwin. If they say he's good to go, feel good about Mike Evans, feel good about CD lamb and Jalen Tolbert. And you're in, you know, as a high upside flex if you're in deeper leagues like and the same can go for charters like you're starting everybody in that raiders offense that you like you're going to start darren waller and then hunter renfro and, and Devonte adams and these guys are going to have the highest scoring opportunities of any receiving options of the weekend according to vegas so those are the matchups that i'm targeting man and i want points in week one and that's where i'm going to lean i'm going to lean to where vegas is telling me
0: the points are i love it i love it good Get the points. Get all them points. Speaking of all them points, let's get to our fifth category, the Grand Slam of the I'm sorry, the Grand Slam Smash of the week. Uh, someone who is going to put up league-winning numbers that you are happy about. We already mentioned this, guy, so I will go first on this one. Aaron Jones at the Minnesota Vikings. I think that uh, with Alan Lazard out, you're going to be leaning on Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dubs, and... Uh, Christian Watson and Randall Cobb and I'm just not leaning on those guys and and Robert Tonyan coming back from I'm not leaning on those guys who I am leaning on is the veteran the only one in that group that has caught passes from Randall Cobb as as uh, Cooper Cup catches the first touchdown for him of the I mean, season. Aaron Rodgers. I uh, mean
1: Cobb has a history with Rodgers too.
0: Who Cooper Cup? Oh no! no I, I, oh no, I'm sorry. I, I'm Randall Cobb. <laughs> we're, uh, we're no we're uh, sorry. Cobb and Cup do sound similar, but Cup. Just caught a touchdown, the first touchdown for the Rams uh, oh, as we watch live. But, yeah, Randall Cobb, maybe a sneaky start, by the way. Uh, maybe, but Aaron Jones is the guy. Also, he was an RB1 in his last two games in Minnesota. Um, at, in Minnesota, at, like I said, Alan Lazard might be out. He's going to be the go-to guy in this passing offense, especially today. He is already, like, ranked an, uh, an RB1, but I think he's going to break uh, the tier. He's going to be one of those guys who is um, – You're definitely going to be happy you drafted after week one. So I'm going with Aaron Jones as my first Grand Slam smash of the week. Who are you feeling with your first Grand Slam, Mr. Matt Ward?
1: Oh, the king himself. Derrick Henry against the New York Giants. I mean, man, people have their... Concerns about Derrick Henry's injury in the foot, but as long as that guy's got two legs attached to his hips, I'll start him in any lineup. Even as the new season approaches, the Titans are a lock and a guarantee to do one thing and one thing well. We were talking about all the variants entering the 2022 season. Well, the Titans will run the damn ball, and we know that. We know that if Mike Frabel's the head coach, whoever that lead running back is is going to get 25 carries. And Derrick Henry was on a pace to be the first running back ever in the history of the NFL with back-to-back 2000-yard seasons before the injury. Um he was averaging more points per game than half the court, uh, quarterbacks in the league. Uh it's a slow-paced matchup with a really with one of the lowest over-under totals of the week. I think fans and managers can expect a grinded out game with Derek Henry getting his usual insane workload against a really weak defense. And I think their biggest upgrade on defense is a player that's likely not to play in week one. And that's edge rusher and generational talent, Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, and if Tibbs is off the field as well, there's no real contingency for somebody to anchor one side of the field like he can when healthy. So, I mean, I really think Derrick Henry is going to have a field day running in whatever direction he wants against a Giants defense that didn't do enough or much at all to really improve. Um, yeah, it, it, you're going to be like start Derrick Henry. That's
0: 25 points. Uh, I'm going to stay in the AFC South and I'm going to go with Michael Pittman at the Houston Texans. And the same theme is going to be coming up. First game for starting cornerback, Derek Stingley Jr. He was the third overall pick, but that's not going to stop me. Um, I'm picking on the rookie cornerbacks. That's one of the reasons, again, why I like Rashad Bateman against Sauce Gardner as well. Like I told you, I'm starting Bateman over Metcalf, uh, so I'm putting my money where my mouth is on that this week. So That one
1: does kind of worry me because it's not like, like Bateman's a rookie, too, basically. I mean, he played last year. Uh, look,
0: he's going to get the, he's going to get the, he's going to get the, I'm looks. giving him a
1: grace period because, it, you know, he only played like whatever, seven
0: games. He played more games than sauce. Maybe, but you know, sauce is so good, yeah, man. You should be really is, happy about that. You're right. I, I am. I am. As I'm a very Jets happy. fan, you should be like, he's not scoring at all. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm with no bias in my heart. I say this because I'm going be to be fading a jet in a second. I'm um, going to be fading a jet in a second. Michael Pittman at Houston. Again, I think one of the other reasons is Matt Ryan's first good game. Man. I got to say like, one of the guys that Matt is is trying to trade me is Michael Pittman, and 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 I get why everyone's so uh, high on Michael Pittman, but I gotta say his value to me is very questionable, right? And I'm not just talking about this game. I think he's gonna be very good in this game, but you got an aging Matt Ryan you don't really know what he still has what he can still bring he's been declining for the last 3 4 years really since the since Mike Shanahan I mean since uh, Kyle Shanahan left him he's basically been on the decline except for one uh, outlier season then you have so that's an uncertain quarterback matchup. You also have a guy who was 29th in points per game last year. Like, he did not do a lot with the targets that he had. Is Matt Ryan that much better than Carson Wentz? I don't think we know. But in this game against Houston, I think he has a chance to go ape shit. I think it's going to be a lot of targets for him. Um... Specifically in the red zone, I don't think the Colts are going to have any problem moving the ball against this Houston defense. I think there's going to be some play action bombs that Michael, that Michael Pittman might uh, do. I think if you're going to bet touchdowns, I think Michael Pittman's a, a, as good a player as anyone to catch a touchdown uh, this year. So, I mean this game. So uh, if you drafted Pittman high, I think that he's going to make you feel happy after that first game. So Michael Pittman uh, is my um, Grand Slam Smash of the week. Matt, who's your second guy?
1: I mean, congrats on any discounts that were managers were able to pull off due to the looming suspension talks because Alvin Kamara is about to explode in week one and oh, let everybody know that he has RB1 upside matched by few others at the position. Um, I, I was talking about it earlier. Like The Falcons' defense is just filled with first-year players seeing their first action as NFL starters. Uh, reigning tackle leader Foy Alakoyan is signed with the Jags this offseason, uh, leaving a massive void in the middle, which is somewhere that Kamara kind of has traditionally struggled with running between the tackles, but with literally like no LB one in the middle for Atlanta, I think teams are going to be able to burst the ball on them easily on the ground all season long. Troy Anderson kind of figures out his NFL space. Um, and the Falcons last season, like it's not like they've improved at all. They've kept a lot of the same young, budding guys around to try to develop their defense in-house. So they've only really gotten worse in, in lost positions. And they allowed 27 and a half points per game to opposing opposing running backs last season. Um, same coaching staff. Like Kamara's just elite in every aspect as both a rusher and receiver. He had a massive target share. Uh I, I think he's the wide receiver too, alongside Thomas. Like, I am high on Olave and Jarvis Landry, but you know, Jarvis is learning a new offense, Olave's first year in the NFL. I think we can taper expectations on those guys a little bit. I think Jarvis will eat into a bit of Olave's target share and Camara and MT are going to reign like they did in, in 2019 and 2020. Um I just think against Atlanta, like I'm, I'm high on that whole offense against that team. We traditionally score a lot of points against the NFC South, like Brady and Tampa included. It's just a division that we can run an offense against. Um, so, Yeah, I say we because if the viewers don't know, I am a Saints fan. Um, I was going to say you got um, caught with the we. Why uh, why their name name dropping is uh, coming up so often in week one, man. But I I don't think you should have any reservations about starting any Saints player against the Falcons. Um, And, you know, the Saints kind of have – like they have a very good defense yes but that's just going to open garbage time up for camara because they're still going to need to get first downs to kill the clock out and, and mark ingram is is aging and he's going to be more of a goal line one yard thumper this season and probably has a bit of touchdown upside but i do think they're going to run with camara more and he's still the number one pass catching option out of the backfield and will still command close to a 20 percent target share um yeah like if you were able to get camara in the second round this season before the news kind of broke that he wouldn't get suspended i mean Congrats on the championship and start them every week, especially this one in a really juicy matchup.
0: Um, all right, so that was the positive, and again, we just got to balance. It's all about yin, the yin and the yang. You know what I mean? For most people, don't know it's not yang, it's yang. All right, so it's yin and yang. And you know, I got a tattoo of that as you as you can see here. By the way, uh, RIP Mac Miller uh, died. You know, died a few years ago yesterday. So RIP Mac Miller, one of the goats. Uh, still a guy who. I feel like is like my therapist almost. But with that being said, um, let's go to these bench warmers of the week, a guy that usually you would start, uh, but you're sitting. Matt, I've started off the last couple of um, times, so why don't you start off this time?
1: Yeah, I mean, c- can I do Damien Pierce? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my, my uh, bench warmer of the week is, is Drake London. Uh, speaking of that New Orleans matchup that we got going on, drake london draws lockdown Lattimore in his first ever nfl game uh the same Lattimore that excels at snuffing out bigger receivers specifically and like yes Marshawn got cooked by stefan diggs and he's a little susceptible to crafty route runners um and like smooth separators so to speak but the type of separation that london draws is the type of separation that Lattimore is just absolutely able to deny so like what would drake london's highest comp be it would be like a mike evans right well in six career games, uh, five, rather. He I forgot he was hurt for that second matchup in his first season. This is Lattimore's stat line against a Mike Evans type receiver, big-bodied receivers, Mike Williams type receivers. In 2021, he allowed two receptions for 48 yards in one game against Evans. In the next game, one reception for 14 yards. In 2020, one reception for two yards. Mike Evans' best game ever came a few weeks later against Lattimore, four receptions for 64. And in 2019, in his only assignment against Mike Evans, he allowed three targets, no catches, no yards like Lattimore is just an under your skin stick to a big guy like glue I'm not letting you jump on me I'm not allowing contested catches yeah you can separate off of him but Drake London in his first game is not going to be able to separate off of a top two cornerback in the NFL in a 100% of his snaps Lattimore will shadow
0: I gotta say betting against rookies in week one is usually a winning strategy. I know it didn't work out.
1: And I mean, it's, it's Mariota's first game. It's the saints, you know, kind of revenge tour against the NFC South after being one San Francisco overtime win away from making the playoffs in the first place. So yeah, I, I feel good about new Orleans matchup on both sides of the ball and not so great about the Falcons options.
0: Let's go to my first, uh, Bench warmer of the week, and Matt, you says you pick someone that was playing against your team. I'm playing someone who I'm talking about someone who's playing my team, and that's Brees Hall of the New York Jets. I am, uh, I'm going away from Brees Hall this week. I'm actually trying to sit him as best as I can. I was gonna sit him for Rondell Moore, but he looks like he's not playing. But I don't want anything to do with a rookie who's playing with Joe Flacco against the Ravens in Week One. Lamar Jackson has been historically great in Week One. I don't know how much opportunity he's going to have to score. Now there is some, there is something to be said about his possibility to work in the pass game, but I just think Michael Carter is more of the uh, the vet at the moment. So. Yeah, you know, it's not that much, but he's basically a vet on the Jets. The Jets are a very young offense. Uh,
1: <laughs> I mean, the Ravens' defense is so much nastier than people are giving them credit yes. for, and Vegas is giving them, like, that defense is healthy again. They they have Devin Ajobo added. Like, they, they just got meaner and meaner. And yeah. all of their draft picks essentially went to just shoring up a defense that is already terrifying when healthy.
0: For sure, and and I think a lot of people forget how many injuries the Ravens – had to deal with on the defensive side of the ball uh, last year. Uh, with that being said, uh, I'm still I'm, I'm I'm sitting Brees Hall. There, there's a chance that he gets a big play. You know, like he's he that's, you know, he's Brees Hall. They, he's he ran a four four. He's like a four a, a three. A excuse me. He's a, he's one of the top. Do- like he's he has big pay potential. But I just don't think he's going to get the snap count uh, right away, especially with Michael Carter and the passing work that might happen. I'm not taking a risk on him breaking off a big run against the. The Ravens, I don't like Brees Hall this week. I'm trying to sit him if I can. I have him ranked outside my top. I think I have him ranked like RB31 at the moment. So if you have to flex him, I guess you can try. But I'm not riding him. I'd rather see Brees Hall next week um, against someone in the AFC North, against the Browns, um, before I see anything else. So uh, I'm going to sit Mr. Brees Hall if I can. In this matchup. And I told you guys, I told a lot of people when I was giving advice, especially in the Discord, and some and, and there was uh, there was a few people that took this advice is if you take Brees Hall, then you can kinda handcuff him for the first week with Kareem Hunt, if that makes any sense. Like uh Kareem Hunt was going so late, you can get him in the seventh round, he's on your bench. You can feel comfortable starting a guy like Kareem Hunt over Brees Hall this week, a guy like Chase Edmonds over Brees Hall this week. I think that those guys who you were getting later and might be the first running backs on your bench, uh, if you are if you drafted Brees Hall earlier, I think you can kind of count on them to take over for Brees Hall today. Um I mean this week. All right, Matt, who is your second um bench warmer? Uh
1: it's it's David Montgomery versus the highly touted san francisco 49ers defense and it just like it's pretty easy fade for me and and i think it should be a pretty easy fade for managers montgomery was already going a little later in the rb dead zone there so you probably should have shored up your running back position before that area happened and if you were going you know late rb there were some better options than him late even like a chase edmonds for example so i don't think david murray for anybody should be a must start they have the worst offensive line in the league per pff Uh, He's facing Fred Warner and Nick Bosa in the box. Justin Fields is going to vulture some rushing. Khalil Herbert's going to vulture some touches. And I mean, it's going to be a low scoring affair with Justin Fields being under constant pressure and the Bears likely playing from behind early, which is going to create a ton of scrambling opportunities and short checkdowns to Cole Komets and Darnell Mooney's and slants. It's just a bad game script for David Montgomery all around. And I don't think he's even highly projected, but I know that a lot of people like Monty and, and are leaning on you know, that production in a flex spot even. And I think you're going to find better production elsewhere for this week, one matchup.
0: All you got to say is fade there, Dave Montgomery. And I'm on board. I I I got to say, I think he's the guy. It's,
1: it's not a difficult fade, but I, I think people are kind of overlooking how really tough that San Francisco matchup is going to be to run on with
0: this game script. 100%. And, and catch passes. on. I think people are like, Oh, so they're going to, they're going to fall down behind. So he might catch passes. Like and what makes you think? That? No, that
1: just means fields is going to get 120 rushing yards. Right, like That's, you know, it's not, <laughs> exactly. it's not at Montgomery's going to get checked down garbage time.
0: Now it's, it's a Justin Fields is Jalen hurts. <laughs> uh, Speaking of a guy who I'm easily fading, this one, again, I think is a little bit of just, I just feel something coming, and it's Josh Jacobs at the Chargers. Now, the Chargers were a really good matchup for running backs last year. They were the fifth uh, the fifth easiest team to run on. Uh, Brandon Staley's uh, defenses um, before he left... Uh, used to give a run, they were they were a run funnel uh, before he left. Uh, I'm sorry, before he left the Rams, they were a run funnel, and then he brought that over to the Chargers, and they were kind of a run funnel defense last year. They allowed 30 points per game to running backs. But the reason why I'm telling you to sit, uh, Mr. Jacobs, is because I don't think there's any guarantee that Josh Jacobs is going to touch the ball more than 10 times in this game. I think it it the the assumption that Josh Jacobs is going to touch the ball at a high rate and there's no there's no evidence that proves that. They drafted a running back, they brought in two running backs that the coach had a uh, history with it, and then Josh Jacobs did not get his extension, um accepted his his option. They talked about him being a part-time back. Josh Jacobs said he doesn't want to be a main back. He doesn't have much pass catching upside. I don't want to start Josh Jacobs in this game if I could avoid it. I am completely out. I think that one of the guys that could be on your way, uh, you know, I would pick up Zamir White. If you have a waiver wire spot, pick up Zamir White. Because I think that he's a name that by this time next week, there's a slight possibility that he's, he got the most snaps in the backfield. Or at least he got a huge chunk of Josh Jacobs snaps. And Brandon Bolden got a huge chunk of the passing work. You know, and, and whom I'm forgetting one. Amir Abdullah? Yep. See, yeah, Amir Abdullah, also there. He's getting passing work. There's just too much going on in that backfield. So I am not playing the Josh Jacobs game week one. I'm sitting him. He's my bench warmer of the week. Matt, who's number two for you? Or did it you went we first? Did it. it was David yep, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in mid season form, baby. All right, let's get to our number one, the diamond in the rough. This is the one, this is the one you you listen for, really. The sleeper. This is the one you go to the experts for. Um, who are we reaching down low to get? Um go ahead, Matt. You're up, bro.
1: I mean, as much as we're fading rookies, I think the disrespect that Jahan Dotson is getting for being a first-round rookie wide receiver is absolutely ridiculous. Like, that might be the most, like, slept-on top 20 rookie wide receiver with a phenomenal collegiate profile that I've ever seen playing fantasy. It's absolutely wild to me that the praise of guys like Kyle Phillips, Romeo Dubs, and Khalil Shakir have been, like, rocking the fantasy landscape when there's a first-round rookie staring you in the face that has... Had an incredible training camp, an incredible preseason, and is getting all the praises from his coach. Like I, I understand that the arrival of Carson Wentz to the Commanders' offense isn't necessarily something to get super excited about, but he's an undeniable upgrade from the QBs that they had last year. Terry McLaurin's going to draw the main coverage assignment from Jacksonville. Um, you know, with Foy terror- terrorizing the middle of the field because I've talked about how good Foy is quite a few times in this. You know, Jacksonville's new middle linebacker will take a lot of middle routes away and, and we'll be able to kind of close it So you have Terry on one side drawing the main coverage assignment and that just leaves Jahan in his first game to eat against an absolutely weakened secondary and a game that like Washington's low key going to have to pass the ball. They look at how they've treated Antonio Gibson this whole time. Their new early down back you know, all prayers and thoughts out to Brian Robinson in a speedy recovery, but their new early down back is not going to be available. Um, They don't like Antonio Gibson and they just haven't given him the role that everybody wants him to have. I don't think Gibson is going to just step up into this superstar carry role. And I think that leaves a lot of passing work or superstar pass catching role. And that leaves a lot of receiving work for Jahan Dotson as Terry gets, you know, shadowed and doubled. So I really like Jahan in a game that I think the commanders are going to put up more points than the over/under suggests on a Jacksonville defense that I'm not quite convinced has made the necessary upgrades, even with a Trayvon Walker addition.
0: I love it. Uh My first diamond in the rough. Did hold on one, hold on one second, hold on one second. Uh When we're talking about diamonds in the rough here, I got I got to introduce the diamonds in the rough. We're talking about sleepers, the, the deep guys like Matt just went over. MVS right you're sleeping on the man everyone's sleeping on the man MVS at arizona If
1: over under wasn't 55 points i'd be so mad at you right now Look, but you, you're kind of on to something man. i'm, I'm <laughs> going narrative
0: i'm going narrative number the I, first yeah. narrative the first narrative is this dude got paid they're giving him the money they're paying him follow the money narrative number one narrative number two The Cardinals, well, this one isn't a narrative. This one's actually stat-based. The Cardinals were the sixth best matchup against wide receivers in in terms of true uh, target value. I mean, I'm sorry, true matchup rankings in the league last year. Sixth best matchup. That's a phenomenal matchup. Now here's where the narrative comes in. You think Patrick Mahomes hasn't been listening to everyone? You think Patrick Mahomes hasn't been tuning into the fucking uh, podcast that Tyreek Hill's been doing and talking about Tua? You think that he's not paying attention to everyone saying that he's not going to be the same guy without Tyreek Hill? Bro, this guy is going to unleash a 70-yard bomb in this game. I could feel it in my bones. And it's going to be to MVS. And MVS is going to eat off one catch in this game. But I think he could do even more. I think that you're going to see MVS's skill set put in the best – spot to succeed. Now, am I telling you he's going to be Tyree Kill? Absolutely not. But in this game, I think that he has the opportunity to have a Tyree Kill-like performance because of what I just said. So I think my my first diamond in the rough um, is MVS. It's hard to argue when I was talking about the two
1: best coverage assignments that Arizona had being absolutely terrible when I was breaking down the juju. So man, it's breaking down the juju. That's, that's his new dance. Um, (laughs) It's hard to, it's hard to argue against you. Yeah. It's probably legitimately the most scintillating matchup that any deep threat is going to have in week one is uh, the Cardinals and chiefs on both sides of the ball.
0: Boom, boom. Who's your number two? Well, it was going to be Rondale Moore.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's and right. Uh, sorry.
0: Sorry, Matt. Uh, it's yeah, it was tough. Be I mean, I still
1: want to break it down a little bit, man. Yeah, because,
0: sure. I mean, I, I would like, you know, know. We're, we like Rondale Moore for the season. So maybe tell people why if the injury is not super serious that they shouldn't just release him and give up on him.
1: Right. And, and I, I was going to touch on it regardless because the injury is obviously disappointing and and we're hoping for the best. And it's something minor. And even if it's, you know, keeps him out for week one, he can come back in a full role in week two. But I just think he's being egregiously ignored as an early season riser um, should he remain healthy on one of the league's most potent offenses. He was a polarizing player as a rookie for good and bad reasons. Like he had just several phenomenal highlights where he showed his otherworldly athleticism and open field ball skills. Um, And he was drafted for a specific reason. He was drafted to fill the role of a contract that they weren't going to extend in Christian Kirk. Uh, And now that role is wide open. And I mean, one of the things that I kind of reminded myself on when I was doing this research is is how efficient Rondale was per touch and his biggest legitimately only negative was his lack of playing time and that was a, a role that was now wide open that they had allotted to him listed him as the starter for he was also going to fill a backfield role that chase edmonds had vacated and, and increased opportunities that he was starting to get at the end of the season after returning from his concussion anyway like they were starting to utilize him in the backfield the way that he was utilized in college and he looked good in those opportunities man um so obviously for the first six weeks no christian kirk no chase edmonds that was guys aren't coming back and, and yeah sans hopkins for six games is Rondale was just in line for a, an incredible opportunity role against a bunch of juicy matchups with an incredibly high scoring offense so it's certainly disappointing but the outlook is still high if he can come outside of this mri on the positive side and and hopefully miss no time but even
0: if it's limited time i, I still like Rondale. It's it's hard not to like him yeah man Get well soon, Rondale. I gotta say this this guy I wasn't expecting to like as much, and then I started doing research for this episode, and I think I uncovered a real gem that can win people some weeks this week this year. I mean this this week. I, I gotta get out of the I gotta get out of my like yearly preview uh, mode of vocabulary, guys. Kadarius Tony, Kadarius Tony, and here's why because we're gonna keep on rolling with this theme. Kadarius Toney was being used in the slot mostly uh, last year, being moved around. This year, he has the outside. He is an outside receiver. He's going to be starting on the outside opposite Kenny Galladay, and they're going to be playing Wanda Robinson in the slot, right? So you have him on the outside. The Titans are starting a second-round rookie cornerback in Roger McCreary on that side. I think this is going to be a good matchup because not only that, the Titans were already the fifth-best matchup against wide receivers. Brian D'Abel is looking to make a statement. He did not have any qualms going deep a lot with Josh Allen. I think that we're going to see some deep shots. I think Kadarius Toney has an opportunity here to get a lot of work, a lot of looks. Is it going to be a high-powered offense? Maybe not, but I think this Titans defense uh, lost some pieces, and uh, they're looking to fill them with young guys who may not be ready right away. And one of those guys is a second round. Second round rookie cornerback. I, I repeat, second round. So I'm I'm not betting on these guys that were picked third overall. Um, I'm definitely not picking on 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 uh, Mac- uh, Roger McCready, who could be a great player. Who knows? But I'm not betting on that right now. So I think Kadarius Tony is another one of my diamonds in the rough. I think that he's gonna have a way better week than people think, and I think that he can even be a startable flex type option for you uh, if you're if you're super desperate. So Kadarius Tony is my second diamond in the rough. All right, let's get to our eighth um, here. It is the streamers of the week, quarterback and tight end. I'm going to start because I'm going narrative again, Baker Mayfield. I am streaming Baker Mayfield in this game because I think that, look, if you if there's one thing you could say about Baker Mayfield is that the guy is, uh, he's got fire and he's got intensity and he's a good leader. And these are the type of games that those kind of guys get up for. Uh, this this franchise gave up on him for a molester. Like, let's just put it. Let's put it what it is. Like he, they gave up on him for a guy who's going to who like, you know, physically assaulted women. Like he, uh, it's, and that has to like sting. It has to. So they they did not believe in him so much. The former first round pick that they were willing to give up, like 1st round picks for a guy who's going to maybe who possibly was going to go to jail at that point when they gave him the contract. So I think Baker's going to get up for this game. I think that DJ Moore has a good game. I think that Baker's here. I think Christian McCaffrey has a great game. And I think Baker Mayfield throws at least two touchdowns, maybe three touchdowns in this game, gets 250, maybe 300 yards in the air. Um, About 89 of those yards uh, on Christian McCaffrey uh, dump offs. And I think that Baker Mayfield has a, a big game in his future uh, although I don't like Baker Mayfield, the quarterback, as much, I think this week, this week's matchup is one I want to hit. Uh, Matt, who's your quarterback streamer?
1: We're going to stick with the correlation, man. You guys already know who it is. Come on. It's Jameis Winston. It's Jameis Winston again Atlanta. If I'm high on Alvin Kamara catching passes and high on Michael Thomas catching passes and high on that offense, who do you think delivering the ball to them? It's Mr. Crab Man, Jameis Winston. Let's go. Fire Jameis up. I, I know, you know, you probably targeted him late as a zero QB guy. Well, now's the time. Juicy matchup. And, and last season when he started uh, his first game against not a juicy matchup, he happened to throw for five touchdowns. Yeah, only 138 yards. But, hey, that's a, that's a lot of fantasy points. So <laughs> All jokes aside, man, I, I'm starting Jameis in places that I grabbed him late you know as the qb 16 qb 17 i think he's got good upside all season he's going to be a little bit of a volatile play i certainly like him a lot more in super flex leagues um but if you've built a team out with you know good floor and solid production by a tar- targeting a quarterback late and grabbing somebody with upside in those rounds you know four and five when you're seeing the lamars go and because alan herbert mahomes go early um and missed out on the trey lances like Yeah, I feel pretty good about starting Jameis um, in almost any matchup, but especially in division against the Falcons.
0: Uh, Let's go on to our tight end streamer. My first tight end streamer, and this is the guy that I feel pretty strongly about. I'm not going to lie. Austin Hooper. Uh, Guys, I think everyone just forgot who Austin Hooper is because he went into a system where he was asked to block more and had... Harrison Bryant and had David Njoku taking things from taking uh, snaps from him and and receptions from him. I don't think people remember how absolutely dominant this guy is since 2010. There have only been eight tight ends to put up at least 298 receptions, 3,000 yards, and 20 touchdowns in their first 88 games. The names of these guys: Gronk, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Jimmy Graham. Zach Ertz uh Jordan Reed Eric Ebron and Mr. Austin Hooper this guy is a two-time two-time pro bowler back-to-back years uh easily a tight end one and this is a team that and, and a player that utilizes the tight end if you remember D- Delaney Walker was always someone who was utilized uh, Anthony Ferkser was always someone who was a sleeper but didn't have the talent and still kind of had a few, Games. Now this is the best tight end that the Titans have had since Delaney Walker. And I think people are sleeping on him. I think that he has his resurgence and he starts against the Giants this weekend. Uh I think that it's it's Austin Hooper, baby. Uh, that's my tight end streamer. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm streaming him in like three different leagues that I'm all the leagues that I'm streaming tight ends, I'm streaming up to Austin Hooper this week. Uh so Matt, who's your tight end streamer?
1: Oh, Mac Truck, Mo Alley-Cox uh, versus Houston. I mean, I'm just playing kind of touchdown upside here. I'm more than willing to take a dart throw against one of the, well, actually, the weakest tight end coverage matchup in the red zone of the 2021 season and the third weakest matchup against uh, tight ends overall in fantasy. Um, they really didn't do that much to improve that area of their defense. I do think it's going to be going to be a grinded out game. So that should end up with a lot of short yardage opportunities in the red zone uh, because there won't be a lot of super deep plays um, on, you know, unless Jonathan Taylor breaks one off, which we all know he's more than capable of, but I think Mo Cox is like two touchdown upside against the weakest red zone tight end matchup um, in the NFL last season. So I'm fine throwing in a stream on, on Mo Cox or a, a $0 waiver bid to get him in on um in on the roster. If you drafted a Jameis Wilson, Williams and put him on IR or however you built your rosters out to have that extra spot uh, I think he's got as good upside as anybody to be a surprise performer in week one
0: all right I love it uh Moali Cox is one of my favorite guys uh, I think that he's being uh, majorly slept on I think like he was like expert consensus ranking like the 20th a tight end 27. It just didn't make any sense. I have so much Mo Alley Cox. Um, but anyway, let's get into the patrons. This is the patron section, the the part where they pay for it, baby. baby. Uh, the start sick questions. We are going to be going over some patron start sick questions. Not only are we going to be giving you our opinions, but we'll also give you the opinion of the Fantasy Football by Broto app, which takes all of our rankings into consideration as well as a select group of uh, people that we add as well. So, uh, not only is it us, because we don't want to be completely biased, but it's also some people that we very much believe in to make the true matchup rankings, which, according to us, according to our algorithm, uh, should be the most accurate rankings out there in the entire world. Um, So, let's get started. Uh, The first Patreon matchup, uh, uh, start-sit question, question, excuse me, is by Alex Alexander the Great. Uh, He said more or ETN? PPR. Now... Like, Moore is, like, the worst name you could use because there's so many Moors. It's either DJ Moore or Elijah Moore. I'm guessing DJ Moore because, like, right, they're both in a similar tier. So let's talk about uh, Travis Etienne or – or DJ you can Moore. do it
1: in in, in the 3s because it's it can't be Rondale because he might not play. Yes. So that's definitely ETN. If it's Sky Moore, that's definitely ETN. <laughs> if it's Elijah Moore, that's Baltimore, but with Joe Flacco, so that one's more of a coin toss. I'm still going to lean ETN there even though J-Rob is reported to make it back. If it's DJ Moore, it's DJ Moore over ETN in week 1.
0: Uh yeah, I think I think I'm leaning everywhere with you there. I like Elijah Moore, we're going to be talking a little bit more uh, about Elijah Moore in in a little bit of a second. But in co- according to the Fantasy Football by Roto app, which if you don't have it, there is a start-sit tool on the Fantasy Football by Roto app. It is right um, in the uh, thing. Uh, this is embarrassing. How do you spell ETN? There you go. I keep thinking there's two T's in ETN <laughs> uh, you can put Not any name you want and it pops up uh, according to the uh, the fantasy football by Brodo app DJ Moore is 65.3% uh, more likely to score more fantasy points and I definitely agree uh, that that's the case I think that DJ yeah, that, Moore that, is a good play that's legit my confidence level there too yeah so that's a, it's a good play uh, for Mr. DJ Moore alright let's get into the next one Elijah Moore or Rashad Bateman full PPR, full PPR. this is a tough one for me because I literally got these guys both ranked around wide receiver 21. Uh, I think it's I think it's wide receiver 22 and wide receiver 20 20 wide receiver 21 and wide receiver 24 if I'm not mistaken and I have I give the slight edge to Rashad Bateman. How are you feeling about this matchup?
1: It's a slight edge to Rashad as well because we've talked about that lauded Baltimore defense and all of the improvements that they made and now that they are fully healthy um it's going to be a tough matchup for the Jets to move the ball. I I do you like Sauce Gardner as a shadow against Bateman? Like it kind of actually made me lower Bakeman, Bateman rather a, a little bit in my rankings. Um, but I, I still think I lean Rashad there, just as the wide receiver one option. Um, I want to see Lamar, you know, air it out a little bit against a defense that we know he can do it against. And, and I think the Ravens, you know, uh, they're going to go back to a run happy offense for sure. But I don't think last year, because that pass percentage was increased with Lamar on the field, I don't think it was just a product of him getting hurt and them having to do it with Tyler Huntley. I do think that the Ravens are capable of passing more and are going to lean that way a little bit this season. So,
0: yeah, it's Bateman. Uh, for the Brodo app, this is a rare occasion. This doesn't happen a lot, but we've got an exact 50 50 split. It's so close in uh, PPR. In half PPR, there's a slight edge to Elijah Moore. To Baben. No, Elijah oh, Moore actually. Yeah, 50, interesting. Fifty-one point seven percent, Elijah Moore. So very, very slight edge to Elijah Moore. Who again, Joe with Joe Flacco, uh, with Joe Flacco starting. Um, oh, oh, Alexander said it was Elijah Moore, not DJ Moore. So if it was Elijah Moore, then we are saying ETN over Elijah. But I didn't see the yeah. I didn't yep. see the the Brodo app comparison on that. So uh, let me. Let me go. I, what a stupid idiot! I just closed it. Um, yeah. So uh, let, while I get that up, let's go into our next our next matchup. Our next matchup is both half VPR. Zach Ertz or Albert O. I'm, I'm gonna say you're gonna try and go Albert O. There because Zach Ertz doesn't look like he's gonna play as, at the moment. We don't know if he's gonna play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah you kind of. I would lock in Albert O. Almost. Uh, you know, as a contingency, even if Ertz does play, uh, with him being as limited as he has been, all practice and the injury cropping up so late, I would say that he would probably be on a snap count as well. And Alberto is going to get a full run.
0: Uh, so this is a, a little bit of a different one. Half PPR, you got Cordero Patterson, J.K. Dobbins, Rashad Penny, Kenny Gainwell, Tyler Lockett, Rashad Bateman. Two running backs and a flex. So three starters. So two running backs. First of all, I think it's going to be Dobbins probably not going to play. So you're picking two out of Patterson, Penny, and Gainwell. So I think Penny is the easy start there. So the question is, who do you yep. prefer? Do you prefer Gainwell or Patterson in this game?
1: Man, New Orleans defense is traditionally one of the most difficult defenses to run on ever since Dennis Allen's been the defensive coordinator, and now he's the head coach. So I don't expect that to change anytime soon. Um, Patterson's a fade for me this week. I, I mean, I was talking about it earlier. Almost that entire Atlanta offense is a fade for me this week. I think it's going to be a lot of scoring on New Orleans side and then a lot of clock control. Um it's it's tough, Kenny Gainwell, but Miles Sanders has been limited, and I was talking about garbage time in that game as well, so I like Kenny Gainwell for some garbage time upside, and it's going to be a stressful week watching him have two points until the fourth quarter, but I, I might lean Gainwell over Patterson there. And then yes, it's Rashad Penny over JK Dobbins in that situation, because as we know, even if he does play, Dobbins will be on a very limited pitch count.
0: I, I'm going to, I'm going to actually disagree there. I think I'm going to go quarter of Patterson. I think that although it is a very hard defense to score on, I think that, I mean, there's not too much talent on that offense. Like you said, Drake London is going to yeah. be, is going to be shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore for the most part. Uh, maybe you get some Kyle Pitts. Um shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore if they put him in the right spot, but uh, I think that it's going to be, Cordero Patterson's going to have important snaps, and I think they're going to, when he's on the field, they're going to target him, um, and I think they'll, they'll yep. try and get him the ball. You're kind
1: of convincing me now.
0: So I and Yeah,
1: because, I mean, you're, you're taking a starting running back over a garbage time running back. That I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to agree with you there. I'm changing my stance. It's Patterson over Gainwell.
0: The Brodo app also is 83% for Cordero Patterson, so uh, the Brodo app believes that there's a very, very good chance um, that that happens. Boyd wants to know, pancakes or waffles? I'm a hard waffles, waffles. guy, but I like pancakes too. Uh, but I love I love me some waffles. I, uh, it's easy. It's waffles. French toast. It's waffles. Those are, those are pancakes with abs, bro. <laughs> French toast is the answer. French toast is the shit. I love my French girl. Toast. Loves French toast. Does she? And you must, you must make French toast like a motherfucking yeah. boss, bro. Oh, dude, I make the best French toast. I need he to. I need some nice egg custard, bro. I need some. Oh. I need some French toast, my man. All right, let's go into a our, our, our next one. Izzy, uh, one of our, one of our, uh running back one patrons. Very, very, very uh, happy to have him on board, and also one of the best uh, guys in the Discord. Just always bringing the the funny and always bringing the heat. Uh, he says, Devin Singletary, which it's a little bit too late for Devin Singletary. He's playing right now. Chase Edmonds or Brees Hall? Um, where are you going here? A little bit nervous with the Edmonds, um, the Edmonds injury, but it doesn't look like it's that bad. For me, I already told you I'm fading Brees Hall. I think Chase Edmonds is the perfect kind of guy to start over Brees Hall in week one. Same. Uh, because of where you got 100% him. I agree. Yeah. So are you, are you yep. also? Yeah, you're on that. All right. So let's see oh, what yeah. the... I'm into that. I'm into let's that. see what the I, I like Chase Edmonds a lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, the Broto app um, thinks Brees Hall uh, is the call there, but I think that that might change as we get closer to game time. Um, let's go over to uh, the next SART sit question as I look for it and waste time. Kenny Gainwell or Sky Moore, PPR. Oof. That is a deep league. Um, I, I think you got to go Kenny Gainwell on that one, Sky Moore. You don't know what type of, you don't even know if he's going to get on the field at all.
1: Yeah, I I do like Gainwell. I like Gainwell this season. I, I like that garbage time matchup again. Uh man, it, it's tough to. I, what, what I was saying is you're starting all of those players in that Kansas City Arizona off, offensive firehouse game though. So, I mean, I, I think the higher upside swing. Is probably Sky Moore for a random two touchdown game, but we're so early in the season that that's not necessarily like it's not necessary to kind of manage with risk that way. I'm I'm gonna lean Gainwell. I'm gonna lean Gainwell over Sky Moore in that matchup.
0: Uh, We got Kenneth Gainwell on the Brodo app as well, 67%. So about two thirds uh, likelihood that Gainwell uh, gains well, but don't, don't, don't. All right. Um, let's go over to the next one. I have this Big Will, one of our favorites as well, Bronx uh, Bronx stand-up. I have Deontay, who's unsure for this week in my flex. However, on my bench, I have Drake London, who's also unsure for this week. If both of them end up being out for the week, who do I start in the flex between Garrett Wilson, Rashad White, Jalen Tolbert, or Khalil Herbert? Half-point PPR. So this is one where you're... You're digging deep because you're not only replacing one injury, you're replacing two injuries. And you mentioned how you don't like Drake this week, which I fully understand. Like I'm, I'm also definitely fading Drake this week. So what do you think? Garrett Wilson, another rookie wide receiver. Rashad White, someone who doesn't have a defined role yet as well, a rookie running back. Jalen Tolbert, a rookie wide receiver who has more of a defined role, it would seem. and Or Khalil Herbert, the second-year running back, uh, who... Again, you don't really know if he's going to get on the field. For me, it's about... Kind of more a handcuff play. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's about the touches. So I guess I'd lean Jalen Tolbert here. I think that's where I'd lean. I think it's about opportunity upside. And again, something
1: that I'm playing a lot into week one is over-under upside. And and that game having a 52-point over-under is one of the more scintillating matchups of the week. Um, I think you're going to enjoy having Dallas pass catchers in that offense. and. Jalen Tolbert's kind of struggled more than I would like as a as a big truther of his throughout the preseason, but that's also something that we just, you know, we see with rookies all of the time. And and he has, our, inarguably, the easiest path to opportunities out of all of those matchups. So th- that is where I will lean, just on the basis of targets.
0: Who would you put second? Who should I even like compare him to?
1: It's got to, I mean... I don't hate Garrett Wilson. I I think his projections are hilariously low across all platforms where like he's projected under seven points in some places. I don't hate Garrett Wilson, man. I obviously I had him ranked as my wide receiver one B alongside Drake London because of the draft capital situation that he received being an alpha and an early declare. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another Bateman question. So Bateman seems to be a very popular question. Uh, In this in this matchup Rashad Bateman or Chase Edmonds in the flex full point PPR. This is by Piz 243 full point PPR Bateman or Chase Evans in the flex. This one's a tough one. What do you think?
1: Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go Bateman here. Again, I, I I do like, I do like Chase Edmonds a lot in week one. And then I think he's going to be the biggest benefactor of that backfield in the Miami offense, the entire season. Um, he's the RB one there in my opinion, but I don't love that new England matchup in week one. Um, I didn't love it for any running backs last season either. So I think that's a little tougher matchup than, than, um, Rashad Bateman has even with the sauce gardener shadow.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I'm going to lean Bateman here. I think that I'm just I'm just on the Bateman train. Um I, I think general. in
1: half PPR a lot of times people like to lean towards the running backs because of the you know the 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 reception premium being there and, and getting a similar yardage total, but I, I do like Bateman's upside this week. And, and again, we were answering it before as I, I would start him over a lot of options. He's somebody that I'm pretty confident in in week one and, and sophomore season
0: breakout. Just over sixty percent likelihood that Rashad Bateman has a better game according to the Brodo app. So a slight edge to Rashad Bateman on the Brodo app. Um, I think that's... oh. Andrews or Kelsey PPR rest of the season. I think I'm taking Andrews there. And that's by Andrews. Nick. I think that's I, I have called...
1: Andrews comfortably ranked ahead of Kelsey for tight end rankings. Now, I shouldn't say comfortably. It's about a half a
0: round difference in, in um, your startup draft. But yeah, it's Mark Andrews. All right. Next. Which side do you guys like more? This one's a trade. This one's our last one. This is by Izzy again. Chase, Goddard, and Hardman. Kelsey, A-Rob, same Brown. Oof. That, if,
1: is that, that wait, that can't be Jamar Chase. But then he used Jamar. last names for everybody else,
0: Jamar Chase. Yeah, then that's it, that side,
1: that's 100% the Jamar Chase side. You're just getting that's insanity.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're giving up Kelsey, sure. A Rob, and St. Brown. But you know, my look, like, if you read my but you get
1: uh, you're getting Goddard, that's that's that is a plug and play starting top seven tight end, like you're just comfortable with him in your lineup every single week, even with the you know, target allocation of that offense being funneled between three dudes. I think you're comfortable starting Goddard as a top 12 option every single week. Chase is a massive upgrade over A-Rob and Amon Ra. Um, I mean, yeah, I lean that side quite heavily, even without the third option added. You could have literally just done it for Goddard and Chase, in my opinion.
0: (laughs) Bro, Isaiah McKenzie just just caught a touchdown. So I'm Isaiah McKenzie with a with a yeah
1: well good because like I start Josh Allen almost everywhere that's my dynasty QB one and has been before the actual QB one season I I kind of called that season so very high on Josh Allen very much a Josh Allen guy I mean my dynasty QB one and he's thrown two interceptions today and that is disappointing
0: yeah yeah I have him as my I I have Josh Allen and Cooper Cup going in my two interceptions but
1: three incompletions like
0: come on this kid's so good and man one of the one
1: of those interceptions was certainly not his fault.
0: Um all right, let's get into the last segment of the day and that is the Unlimited League. If you don't know the Unlimited, Unlimited. League, it is by our patrons um so what what it is, is two different uh two different divisions we're going to be talking about the the matchups. So we don't have any scores to go over in this matchup, so I'm going to go into the bald division to start. Now there is a bald and a balding division of course because you know it's Brodo. So let's start with the ball division, and we're going to go through the highest matchups, the closest matchups. And um, we got Chasen, uh, 77, a.k.a. Chilling With My Homies, and Eagle, 2080. Um, they are going at each other. Their projections are 131 and 134. Uh, so they have a very close matchup uh, that's going to happen this week. Uh, on one side, we got – so you tell me which side you prefer and who you think is, is – uh, uh, who you think who you would bet on uh with the spread. So the spread is about two points, right? According to um according to sleeper. We got one thirty three to one thirty one. The underdog, Alvin Kamara, who we all already know is one of the tear breakers, one of the smashes, Antonio Gibson, Dalton Schultz, this is uh uh Titan Premium League, full PPR, by the way, uh with a lot of big play bonuses. So every single big play possible bonus there is in this in this. Brandon Cooks, Alan Lazard, who he is projected 13 points right now, Rashad Stevenson, and then their quarterback duo, Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr. Um, that's the underdog. The favorite, Travis Kelsey, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Josh Jacobs, Jerry Judy, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Joe Burrow, and Jared Goff. For me, I'm kind of... I'm taking, I'm, I'm taking the dog. I'm taking the dog too, man. I think I think uh, Chasen has it dog. this week. Uh, I, I, dog I'm, against the spread. Let's go. Yeah, I'm taking the dog against the spread. I think that his uh he just has better matchups this week. Uh, but let's we'll, we'll let's see with that. Uh, Hertz Alerts is uh, is the name of the other one uh, of the other guy. So let's see this. Let's go through at least two matchups in each of these divisions, and then uh, you know we're going to be going over different matchups every week. Uh, unfortunately, we can't you know, talk about every single every single matchup. It's literal. It would literally be. It's literally thirty-two teams. It's it's the NFL. Um. So actually, the NFL only has thirty teams. Uh, it's the MLB. Um, So it's more teams in the NFL. So we can't go over everyone, but we're going going to highlight uh, the really good matchups coming on. Here's another one that is super close and super um, high scoring. Um, It's Ken McDuff versus Farmer John, Johnny Bravo. Uh, Both of these guys, longtime patrons. Uh, So let's go for the dog. He is a Two-and-a-half-point dog in this matchup. We have Jamar Chase, Nick Chubb, Mark Andrews, DK Metcalf, Travis Etienne, um, Devontae Smith, Mitch Trubisky, and Zach Ertz as the super flex. Okay, because I was looking at this team, and I'm like, oh, man, the quarterbacks are the reason why. The quarterbacks are the reason why. Um, And let's go to the favorite, Ken McDuff, Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott, Darren Waller, Adam Thielen, Tyler Lockett, Hunter Renfro, Dak Prescott, Geno Smith. Oof, the quarterback situation against these teams are not pretty. I'll tell you that. Um, I'm going to go. I think I'm going to take the dog again. I just missed me with the Geno Smith, Tyler Lockett stack this week. Just, just like no, nah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not trying to bet on a Geno Smith Tyler stack f- this week. I
1: feel you there. I, I, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm actually gonna lean on the side of the favorite here, just because he has the one good quarterback.
0: Mitch Shabisky. I don't even know. I don't, I don't know. This is gonna be a, this will be a tough matchup for Pittsburgh and like at Cincinnati. He Dak. Oh yeah, he has Dak. You're right. That's the other. No, the favorite. Yeah. That's that's oh the no, you're right. Your you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Oh man, uh, Dak, Dak better do well, or else he's this guy's in trouble. He's definitely in trouble, Mr. McDuff. All right, so now that we are going... That's the bald division. And there's a second division, the slightly balding division. You could tell Michael's the commissioner of this one because he said slightly balding. Michael ain't slightly doing nothing. He's balding all the way 100%. All right, don't let don't let him think to you that he's not. Um, with that being said, let's look at some of these matchups. Let's see. Who is the matchup that we have here? We've got... Oh, let's go to your matchup, Matt. This is a close matchup uh, that you have here. It is Team C. Pillington, 80, versus Psych Ward. Uh, Cooper Cup already going off against you uh, with right now, yeah. at this moment, 79 yards and a touchdown uh, and nine catches in a full PPR. So that's nine points right there. That's that's, fun. that's, a, that's a phenomenal number. Uh, but the problem is Cam Akers only two carries in the entire game. Uh, so he is definitely like... Yeah, it's rough. So he's got the top and the bottom. All right, let's see what these teams are looking like. Um, you are the dog by three points right now, Matt. Uh, you're facing Cooper Cup, Alvin Kamara, Tyreek Hill, Cam Akers, TJ Hawkinson, Tyler Lockett, uh, Robert Woods, and Robert, and Ryan Tannehill. And you are starting CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, Michael Thomas, Trelon Burks, Elijah Moore, Jacoby Myers. Yuck. <laughs> Kyler Murray and Justin Fields. Uh what are you thinking, man? I think I gotta give the edge to uh I think I gotta give the edge away from you, man. I think I'm going with Mr. K Pillington going on, on this one. No, I'm a, I'm gonna smash that over by like seven points. <laughs> I can't really ask Matt to uh break down uh break down that. <laughs> All right, so let's go over the last one. One of our longtime patrons, Rune. 22, and KV from BK are matching up. This is a high-scoring matchup. Uh, Already started again. Josh Allen on the side of KV from BK. He is the underdog big time. He's a 13-point underdog. So so are you going to take this spread, or are you going to pick him to win? Let's see. Um, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Jerry Judy, Cordero Patterson, Tony Pollard, Brandon Ayuk, Josh Allen, and Derek Carr in this matchup. He's going against... Rune's team of Najee Harris, Mark Andrews, Jalen Waddell, Damian Pierce, Alan Lazard, who, again, hurt, uh, Pat Friermuth, Justin Herbert, and Trevor Lawrence. Um, so Alan Lazard, by the way, probably going to get hurt. So he's going to have to either replace him with, he has Daryl Henderson on his bench, but didn't play Daryl Henderson. He has to replace him with either DJ Chark or or uh, McCole Hardman. So not great options there. So maybe instead of Lazard, act like it's DJ Chark there. Although they have DJ Chark. They have DJ Chark forecasted for 12 points. What? In what world is he going to score 12 points? Anyway, uh, who are you leaning here? Are you leaning with the heavy favorite, Rune, or are you leaning with KV from BK?
1: I. This one's a little tougher. Uh, that, that Henderson matchup, if, if they he would have played him, I think would close the gap a little bit for me. But I'm, I'm actually going with the dog here. I am going Ooh. with the dog. I'm, I'm leaning a little bit away from uh, the Trevor Lawrence matchup, leaning a little bit away from Pat Frymouth. And without Lazard, it's it's a Charker-Hardman setup, and, and I don't feel very good about either one of those. So, you know, I, I'm going to lean with the dog to come from behind, ha- Devontae Adams and Darren Wallen to car- carry the day, and uh, feeling pretty good about Brandon Ayuk, if you know me. Uh,
0: you know, it's late when I heard, I'm taking the dog to come from behind. Uh, and my mind just uh completely went s- south. I'm just going to just going to put that out there. That's it, man. We did it. Um first preview episode in the books. Uh we did it. Matt, what thank you. Yes, it was a great time. Uh we're going to be doing this every week, ladies and gentlemen. So don't forget and we're going to have cool drops next time probably. I don't want to I don't want I don't want promise give away that. the juice, man. Yeah, yeah, because uh yeah. I'm, I'm just going to put it this way. Um under promise and over deliver. I like that. Underpromise and overdeliver. Matt, where can they find you underpromising and overdelivering?
1: At PsychWard on all social media. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you like to get social media or wherever you like to get fantasy news. Uh, that's where I'll be.
0: At Broto FF Tim, at Brodo FF Mike, at Brodo FF Jason, at Brodo FF Casanova, at Broto Fantasy, at FF by Broto, BrotoFantasy.com, the Fantasy Football by Broto app. That's where you can find us. Patreon.com slash fantasy to support the show and to get in on these start sick questions and this Unlimited League uh, Sports Center, Personal Sports Center. Uh, with that being said, Matt, thank you. Everyone who's listening, thank you. Patrons. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Football's back. Thank you. See you on Monday. And forget don't remember, see you on Monday if you're just listening for free. See you every single day, 24-7, whenever you need help, if you're on Patreon and the Discord. Later.